Hey, welcome to the Holistic Beauty Podcast. We are licensed naturopathic doctors practicing in sunny California, and we are changing how skincare is looked at. We want you to understand that skin health is a manifestation of balance from within. So each week, we'll be bringing you tidbits to complete your skincare routine from the inside out and the outside in. So let's get into it. Hey guys, even though we are doctors, we're not your doctor. So we want you to know that this podcast and the information on here is not medical advice. It is not meant to diagnose, treat, prevent, or cure any conditions or disease. And it's only meant for education, okay? So always speak to your doctor or licensed healthcare provider before starting anything new. Hi guys, welcome back to the Holistic Beauty Podcast. So in today's episode, we're gonna be talking about pregnancy and skincare and beauty products. So really what to use and what we think should be avoided. So today we're gonna be talking about the skin changes that occur during pregnancy. What is the pregnancy category rating system? And what are some skincare actives or beauty ingredients that are not safe to use during pregnancy? And also what are some safer alternatives to use? So are you ready to get started? Yeah. Let's do it. Alrighty. So let's talk about some skin changes that occur during pregnancy. So some common skin issues that can arise during pregnancy, according to the AAFP, are acne, dry skin, skin discoloration. We spoke about skin discoloration in our last episode. If you didn't listen to it, check it out. But varicose veins can also happen, stretch marks, unwanted hair growth, skin sensitivity, and some less common things that can happen during pregnancy is going to be um, pruritic urticarial papules and plaques of pregnancy or P-U-P-P-P. And then there's also going to be pruritic folliculitis of pregnancy and prurigo of pregnancy. And then there's also a pregnancy category rating system. So um, the FDA categorizes skincare ingredients in different categories. So there's going to be category A, B, C, D, and X. You want to dive into it, my friend? Yeah, so pretty much category A means that there's no risk that's been found in controlled human studies. Category B means that no risk has been found in animal studies, but there have been no studies to rule out the risk in humans. And then category C means that animal studies have shown an adverse effect on the fetus, but there have been no adequate or well-controlled studies in humans. Category D means that positive evidence of risk has been found in human studies. And then lastly, category X is completely contraindicated for pregnancy. This means that risk has been found in both animal and human studies. Yeah, it's pretty confusing. But just remember A and X. Yep, A A and X. Yeah, A, great. X? No, 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 not, probably not when you're pregnant. Definitely not. (laughs) All right. So let's dive into some of the actives in skincare and beauty ingredients. So Dr. Bryant, what is not safe during pregnancy? So there are some common things that people do use for some of the more common skin changes during pregnancy. And I focused on acne, honestly. So there's going to be salicylic acid, benzoyl peroxide, and then there's also like hydroquinones, which is not really for acne, but mainly for hyperpigmentation Mm -hmm. or melasma. And then there's also going to be retinoids, which is usually for acne. So um, in regards to salicylic acid, like what I said, it's great for what it's usually used for is for acne, but it's also indicated for hyperkeratotic skin disorders and warts, honestly. But this is a category B to C question mark. Is that what you put here? This is what I put because I Uh found some places were saying it's category B and others were saying category C. I hear you. But I would probably go with category C just to be on the safer side. I hear you. Just like to err on the side of caution. Mm -hmm. So there are some alternatives. So I see that you said that it's generally safe for limited use. 
Yes. So this is where it's confusing. Yeah. Cause I do know like some dermatologists on social media say that like salicylic acid is actually really great. So it seems like right. it's all like dependent upon the dermatologist, but also like what you're experiencing as a patient. And I think it probably has to do with the concentration of salicylic acid, yes. right? That would make mm -hmm. sense for me. If it's a stronger like percentage or concentration, that's probably, I would probably stay away from it versus yeah. like a over the counter, like topical salicylic acid mm -hmm. used like with limited use. Yeah, I hear you. And then here it also says AHAs are a potentially safe alternative for um, salicylic acid. And interestingly enough, you educated me today and you said that salicylic acid might not be a BHA. Nope. And I just found this out recently, actually. That's really wild to me because I've always thought it was a BHA. Listener, if you don't know what a BHA is, it stands for beta-hydroxy acid. But that's actually really interesting because it's like, it's kind of like, you know, like cognitive dissonance. I'm like, what the heck? That's actually mm -hmm. really interesting. But it's good to have cognitive dissonance, you know? Makes you think. And then it's also going to be um, benzoyl peroxide. So this is actually category C. And what it's used for is that it has an antimicrobial activity against bacteria responsible for the development of acne. And it also has some mild oil balancing activity on the skin. There's an alternative for it, which is actually azelaic acid, which is a category B. And for some individuals, topical antibiotics may be recommended. What is this? Yeah, and they may be recommended as a safe pregnancy alternative. <laughs> oh, to yes. Side. Yes, yes, yes. But I don't like using topical antibiotics. I hear you. I think it's unnecessary. I hear you. I mean, I am all about the seeing both sides, which I'm sure you know, listener, but also Dr. Morelli, you know. And I'm always about like, okay, like what are the options and what do you want to do as a patient? You know, so there's going to be azelaic acid and then it's, which is a category B and then also some typical antibiotics, which are category B as well. So it all depends on like what you prefer, what your goals are, et cetera, and what your doctor actually recommends. Right. And then moving over to hydroquinones this is category C. And like what I said, it's commonly used for dark spots and melasma. And honestly, an alternative is also azelaic acid, again, category B, but there's also glycolic acid, which is going to be a category B and kojic acid, which is category B, right? And then there's going to be retinoids. This is category C, and then there's going to be a type of retinoid called tazarotene, which is a category X. Um, so topical retinoids are commonly used for acne, like what I said earlier, but then I also spoke about this in the last episode. Um, it could be used for dark spots, and it could also be used for anti-aging. So we, some uh, retinoids can actually support the production of collagen in the skin. But like we said, it's category C, category X, um, depending upon the type of topical retinoid, and there are mm -hmm. some alternatives. So there's going to be azelaic acid. Girl, I kind of love azelaic acid right now. Yeah. It's like... And we're seeing it a lot. And then I'm also seeing like a lot of like dermatologists speak about it too. Say, and there's actually like a dermatologist who was um, pregnant and then she was using um, azelaic acid on her posts, which oh, were really cool. Yeah. Very neat. And there's going to be phytoretinols. So do you want to dive into this, my friend? Because you are the phytoretinol queen. Am I? <laughs> you love phytoretinols. You love it. I, do. I like them. Mm -hmm. I alternate with like the retinol and phytoretinols. I just use, you know. Yeah, we know what you use. <laughs> Listener, I use a tretinoin, by the way. <laughs> mm -hmm. Okay, so phytoretinols are pretty much like plant-based alternatives to retinol that have similar actions. So this includes bacuchiol, moth bean extract, and samphire. For instance, bacuchiol has been shown to have retinoid-like effect because there's scientific evidence indicating that it can help reduce the appearance of sun damage. What? And another so study cool. showed that it can help improve mild to moderate acne. And it's particularly like pretty well suited for people with darker skin colors. Too. Mm -hmm. So 
with regards to safety in pregnancy, now there's a lot of articles out there saying that Bucatriol is a pregnancy safe alternative to yeah. retinol. Is However, it though? we don't know because there's not, there's like no studies about it yet. Uh, so why are people writing it? It's pretty interesting. Like we just don't know. Yeah. So you should always be talking to your dermatologist or OBGYN or whoever your doctor is yeah. to make sure it's safe to use for you. Exactly. At the end of the day, like what we said in our disclaimer, this is really just for educational purposes. It's not really medical advice. And we urge you to speak to your provider after we provide this like fun education, right? So always speak to your provider. But yeah, that's basically the most common types of actives that might be used for people who are not pregnant, who are experiencing acne, but also dark spots and what that looks like for individuals who are pregnant. Thanks so much for listening, guys. This was a quick easy snack of an episode. Mm-hmm. I like that snack. Yeah, I, I know. <laughs> <laughs> so just a quick recap on this episode. It was all about pregnancy, skincare and beauty products, what to use and what to avoid. And in this podcast episode, we spoke about some skin changes that occur during pregnancy. What's the most common? What's the least common? We also spoke about the category rating system for pregnancy. And then we also spoke about some skincare actives and beauty ingredients, what their category is and then what their alternatives are. So... Hopefully you guys had fun listening to this, again, snack of an episode. Next week, we're going to be doing a really big episode on neurotoxins. Oh, yes. We're going to be diving into some of the myths and common misconceptions about Botox. We're going to be like, we're laying down the facts, right? (laughs) I love looking at the science, seeing what people are posting on social media and trying to figure out if they're right or not. And something really just upset me in regards to like neurotoxins that somebody posted. I'm just like, is that real? And it seemed like it wasn't, but we'll talk about that next week. (laughs) Sounds good. I can't wait. Yeah. So if you did find this podcast helpful, just make sure to share with your friends and family, especially if they are pregnant and have any concerns, you know, and then also make sure to subscribe to our podcast if you aren't subscribed already. And also make sure to follow us on social media. So our Instagram handles will be in the podcast description below. And then our websites will also be in the podcast description below. And also, so in the podcast description of last week's episode, make sure to check it out because Dr. Marilla has a discount code for something special. Mm-hmm. But we're out of here. See you guys. See you next week.